Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Iris Chacon, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Munoz, and I am super duper excited today because I have a very, very, very special guest with me. The one, the only, the very sexy Gabe Gonzalez hey. is on the pod. Say hi, Gabe. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. So thank you for course, giving yeah. me some time out of your very, very busy schedule. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that busy. I'm just really frantic about it. You know. Uh, <laughs> it's so uh, folks out there, Gabe Gonzalez is a Puerto Rican comedian and writer. He's been seen on Comedy Central's Inside Amy Schumer, MTV's Decoded, and the HBO Latino documentary Habla y Vota. <laughs> he also hosts uh, videos for Mike, Flama, and Remezcla, and he's now the host of Need to Know on MTV News and Scruff Hosting, yes, which you... Sir all like drooled over your phones out there i'm sure <laughs> at him just you know just to like drop a few places where gabe works i have like gay royalty in the house yeah oh, <laughs> gay royalty how are you gabe i'm doing great i've got a much bigger head after that intro oh yes uh, no yes. it's good we're meeting on a very rainy day in new york but it's nice to be here i know yeah. and happy national have a bagel day shut up for real yeah oh my god i usually have a bagel every morning <laughs> on you? the one day i should have i did not no I'm what so if you were a bagel what kind of bagel would you be Oh my god! I love poppy seed, so I feel like I'm channeling poppy seed because it's my go-to. Yeah. Um, I might be that really obnoxious rainbow bagel though, if we're being honest. Oh, you know what I mean? Uh, There's but, no difference in flavor, but I look. No, they're like extra chewy and stale. I find. I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I don't like that for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's, that's a really good point. That's, that's very not good. how I uh, how I envision you. Um, do you want to know what I used to order when I was like a little like closeted twink in high school? Yes. I would get Einstein Brothers bagels, uh -huh. and I would get a poppy seed bagel toasted hollowed out because God forbid I had too many carbohydrates, and then I would put uh, hummus in it, and then I would get home and I would cut up avocado. And I would make a sandwich out of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Que fancy. I know. <laughs> tu sabes bien. Bien refined. You know. Meanwhile, here I am. You know those handy snacks, um, cheese and crackers? Oh, my God. I fucking love those. Are you kidding? Right? So there was always way too much cheese for the crackers. So I would take chocolate chip cookies, like Chips Ahoy. <gasps> Stop. And spread the cheese. <gasps> on. I was... Who knew that I was making, like, a charcuterie plate at, like, oh. age eight? <laughs> like, what a complex flavor palette. Truly. Truly a trendsetter. That's I amazing. I was obsessed. I <laughs> was obsessed. Right now, I'm going to take you into something I call This Day in Gay History because mm -hmm. I think it's really important on the pod to call uh, the voices, call on the voices of the ancestors of the past so we don't relive um, you know, things that have happened to us in the past. Oh, I love that. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I've been, it's this thing that I've been doing since I've taken over the pod, and um, I love it because I've given myself an education. And I think um, the listeners really like it out there, too, because it's just, you know, things you didn't know. And so on this uh -huh. day in, in your gay history, in 1973, gay activist Mark Allen Siegel interrupts a live broadcast of the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite by holding up a sign that reads, Gays Protest CBS Prejudice. 
Ooh, what was that about? What's the story so behind that? Apparently, yeah. uh, the news cycle was just uh, really silent on all the gay lib movement, mm-hmm. and this was uh, the gay rebels. Oh, I love that. And so it was all over the news because people were angry that um, the gay lib movement wasn't getting any traction or any action. And the news was covering like all sorts of other events mm-hmm. and thing, big things were happening and no one was talking about it. And so uh, Mark uh, pretended he was um, a newsman, like a, why is the word? Oh my God. A uh, journalist. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. He pretended he was a journalist, got into the live recording and stood up and did that. What happened after that, because th- th- I found this really super interesting, is that Walter Cronkite, because they had to go to court, they sued him and whatnot. Oh, wow. But Walter Cronkite uh, kind of took him under his wing and started reporting because of this. And uh, Walter Cronkite has always been like a supporter of the LGBT people. Wow, yeah. I didn't know all that. That's a really yeah. cool story. That's wild. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it, folks. I invited Gabe here to talk mainly about like Puerto Rican Christmas. Feliz yes, Navidad. Because we're all about the pasteles and the coquito this year. But first, I want to get to know Gabe um, a little bit more. I want you out there to get to know Gabe a little bit more because as I did my research, and there's a lot of research to be done, but no dick pics, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Not at, no, no, they're no, under lock and key, ma'am. I can't, I can't find them anywhere. <laughs> um, but I... We have a lot in common. Um, where did you grow up? Let's let's let the yeah, children let's start there. know. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born and raised in Orlando. My mom moved to Tampa when she was twelve, yeah. um, and my dad moved to Central Florida for college, and that's where they met. Um, so they both grew up in Puerto Rico. Uh, my mom, since I graduated high school, moved back to Puerto Rico, and then she moved back to Tampa. But born and raised in a little town like right outside Orlando called Oviedo, Florida. Right. We are famous for a chicken crossing that happens right in front of a Popeye's. There are like a lot of feral chickens. Okay. So there is a chicken crossing sign literally in front of a Popeye's in what is called downtown Oviedo, which is like a Baptist church, a Popeye's, and a hardware store. All right. Um, and so that is our very morbid claim to fame that the chickens hang out outside the Popeye's. Um, but wow. now I go back to Tampa, Florida for holidays to visit. My grandma, all my aunts and uncles, my mom—they all live down there now. Yeah, are you are you are you big into Christmas? Some people aren't. I so my mom loved making a thing out of it, and I was always a very contrarian uh, and overly inquisitive child. So like, I used to look for gifts because like I knew Santa Claus wasn't. Re- you know what I'm saying? Like, oh really? Five years old, I was like, no, 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 no. I will uncover this lie. Like, I was trying to be a little <laughs> investigator. And I remember my mom tells me this. I don't remember the story. Apparently, one year. Uh, my mom bought um, gift wrapping paper with me uh, in the in the shopping cart with her. I was like four or five years old. Maybe I was walking next to her. I don't know. I was probably, yeah, bigger at this point. But apparently on Christmas morning, um, the gifts were all laid out in front of the tree. And I was like, Mom, Santa Claus uses the same, like, wrapping paper you do. And so she panicked because she thought she had, like, finally, you know what I mean, yeah. fucked up the, the lie and the magic of it all. Um, so she said she stopped wrapping gifts after that because I was, like, <laughs> too much of a dick about trying to prove that Santa Claus didn't exist. Um, but I love it. That's the thing. Like, my mom, every year, I remember, she used to make – she would collect bottles of rum um, and then, like, clean them off, take off the tags, yeah. wash them, and fill them up with coquito and wrap them in these, like, giant bows she would buy at Michael's. Yeah, so, like, like, she sell them? Well, no, she wouldn't even sell them. She would make them for family. And then the thing was, like, paying for the shipping because she would send them to Puerto Rico, to Texas, to Tampa. But, like, our kitchen was full of bottles of Coquito. There was a whole section of our fridge where my mom was like, don't put anything there. Don't fuck with that space. That's my Coquito space. Yes. I was like, damn, yes, all right. Yes, like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, my God. This is really, really incredible. And when I approached you about coming on the pod months ago um, t- just to talk and then most recently talk about um, – Christmas in Puerto Rico and Puerto Rican Christmas and then doing research about like just the way you um, about you and then finding out the way you relate to your heritage. Mm -hmm. This is what we have a lot in common about growing up and um, kind of holding on to the whiteness. Um, I I saw that interview on um, that you did on there was a big pink background. It's on YouTube. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, I think the, that was um, Other Boys. It yeah. was a very cool interview series. It was that a really cool interview ago, yeah. series. But mm-hmm. I think uh, that really made this 
episode or is making this episode extra special for me just because you and I um, are very, very similar in this way and just relating to our heritage and then letting the people know out there just like how we celebrate and Puerto Rican Christmas because Puerto Rico is part of America, people. Um, <laughs> for better or worse. For it better is. or worse. Uh, yes. <laughs> we can and talk I, about changing that in another episode. Yes. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I've been asked when I got, when I got my green card. Oh my god! Yeah, legit. People used to ask um, if they could if they needed a passport to come to Puerto Rico. I invited some friends in college yeah. to come, and a couple of them were like, "Oh, I have to renew my passport," and I was like. You're good. Like Puerto Rico is technically a colony of the United States, and you don't need a passport to get there. It's great. Like, yeah. yeah. No. Um. This woman the other day asked me where I was from, and I knew what she was getting at. Of course, I always. knew if she. So I said, "I'm from Brooklyn because I'm born and raised in Brooklyn." Yeah. There you go. And she goes, "No, but where are you from?" And I go, "Brooklyn. Ugh. I'm from New York." And she goes, "Well, where are your parents from?" And I go, "Well, my mother was born in Brooklyn. That's where." <laughs> from. No, your parents. Where are your people from? I yeah. go Puerto Rico. She goes, "Oh, I knew you weren't from here." And then I had to give her an education yeah. about how we've been American since 1917. Of course. It's you know? wild, yeah. So um, this is just really in- interesting and just like super, super special. But back to the coquito for a minute. We're, we're yes. going to bounce around a, a minute. How does your mother make this coquito? Because there's varying ways. And do you like your mother's coquito? I like my mom's coquito. It comes from my grandma's recipe, which my mother does not share with people. Uh-huh. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there is a version made with egg and there is a version made without egg in oh, it. Oh, I do not know a version made Right, or maybe it's egg. not egg. It was something, um, what was it? There was like some weird element um, where like someone in my family made an eggnoggy kind of version and then somebody else made coquito and there was like a scandal. <laughs> it was just like really funny. It was like the dueling coquitos and someone was like, this tastes weird, what's in it, blah, blah, blah. My grandma um, lessens the amount of condensed milk in it because um, she thinks it's a little too sweet. Um, she does put, I think, a little um, coconut flavored rum in it as oh, well, which what is kind weird. Of weight? Now this is... A contention between Puerto Ricans yeah. across the world. Well, but... it's like the go-to is Bacardi, right? Like the go-to is always the Bacardi rum in my house. One fifty-one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, for real. Yes. So, folks That's out potent. there, in, in your mouth, listeners, for those of you who don't know what coquito is, coco- coquito is Puerto Rican eggnog at its basis. So there you go. And talk to any Puerto Rican. Uh, for the most part, every every Puerto Rican will be like, my mother's coquito is the best coquito. So. But my mother's coquito is the best coquito. Real coconuts or coconut from the can? Oh, see, yeah. Okay, so here is the thing. There was a fight. So my grandma does not put – it's coconut milk. Uh-huh. That's what I got wrong. It's not coconut rum. It's coconut milk. So my grandma increases the coconut milk and decreases the condensed milk. But she also takes out the eggs, right? Uh-huh. So it's like how do you kind of like make it more viscous? Um, and how do you keep that like thick coquito thing yeah. without the egg yolk? And I don't know what she does. Something about the way she like mixes it together or makes it happen is really intense. But that's the thing. One year someone brought coquito with egg in it and nobody in my family liked it. And apparently that's like traditionally how it's made. But my grandma uh, leans toward sweet but not too sweet with that little kick in it, right? My mom would always lessen the amount of rum. My mom did not like a boozy coquito. My grandma does. And so I was like always partial to my grandma's (laughs) coquito. I would wait until we would go to her apartment. I was just like I didn't have the heart to tell my mom. Um, but I, you know what I mean? Coquito is also not for everybody. It's very interesting. It's like some relatives love it. Some folks hate, hate it. it. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, canned, canned coconut or real coconut? Uh, oh, oh my God. Okay. So it was always kind of like the canned coconut milk when you're preparing it for, for like the group en masse. Um, but there was one year I went to Puerto Rico and we like fully had a Christmas on a farm, fully had a Christmas on a farm, um, where we like. Somebody was like cooking a lechon outside, yeah. al aire libre. Like it was, it had been, you know, like marinating for days. It yep. was cooking for hours. They put its head on a stick and took it down the mountain. Yep. But at that same uh, Christmas, somebody had made coquito using like fresh coconut milk, which was really wild. Have you never had all fresh ingredients like eggs from so the farm? It's it was the nuts. only way I know how to make it. Oh my god! So every year uh-huh. in, the, in my mother's backyard in Brooklyn, we get coconuts, the brown coconuts, yeah. and we sit there. I sit there with the hatchet, uh-huh. and you have to break it open. Of course. And um, you pour out the milk, it, uh, the water, into a cup because mm-hmm. you need to taste it. Because right. if you buy 10 coconuts, maybe like four of those coconuts are going to be good. 
And I never understood it till someone took me through it. And then when you taste the good coconut water, and then you have to pull the meat out too. It's a entire day process. I love it. And then it all gets blended together, and then through a cheesecloth, and then this whole thing. And people die for my mother's coquitos. <gasps> oh my god, I I must try. I, I love trying everyone's coquitos. If you're, it's so uh, wild, if you're yeah. lucky, I'll bring you some because. Let me tell you, she was complaining to me today, actually, that we're not going to have time to make it. And even one year, my best friend Michael had to ship me coconuts from Florida because we couldn't find coconuts here. Shut up. Are you serious? $120 for like shipping coconuts. Oh, my God. I love that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's one of my favorite parts of going back to Puerto Rico where people are just like fucking chopping coconuts in half, selling it on the side of the street. Like, yeah. Did you ever live there? No, um, I remember there was one summer I spent with my mom there uh, a little while. Like my sister yeah. was living with my mom out there after I graduated high school, um, but I've never actually lived there. And it's been this really wild thing where it's like, I don't know, being a part of the diaspora, you sort of like feel that pull and you you feel the solidarity with the community there. But at the same time, it's like you know I do realize that my upbringing was different and I grew up with certain privileges that are offered to people that live in the states that Puerto Ricans don't have and so it's interesting because it feels like home whenever I go right like that it's like my heritage but there is always a little part of me that feels a little bit like an outsider because I haven't had to live through what it is to be on the island day to day right and so like yes it feels so familiar uh but at the same time it is really jarring to remind myself that like i don't really know what's going on there day to day right Uh, and that's why i think it's so important like i don't know even in journalism or forms of storytelling to like uh you know i feel like this was especially important during hurricane maria or when you're talking about the financial crisis on the island not to like just send journalists to observe as outsiders but to speak to puerto ricans themselves right like not the people who are part of la junta not the politicians like the people on the ground who are living through it day to day and so um i don't know that to me has been such an interesting kind of push and pull um but the christmases where we do go back to puerto rico are so much fun it's just a fully different vibe like parranda staying up late drunk screaming about like literally last time i was in puerto rico was christmas i think it was like two or three years ago it was right before the hurricane so i think it might have been christmas of 2016 i stayed up with my aunt Diana until like 4 a.m talking about like freddie mercury because the queen movie was coming out people were writing about it yeah we were getting drunk on rum like she was wrapping gifts and it's just like it is so unlike even in tampa with all my puerto rican family there's just something about the vibe in puerto rico that like really makes Christmas feel different. Um, It's it's so interesting um, because we're so similar. It's so crazy. (laughs) Um, One of my best friends, Cedric, calls me a coconut. Uh (laughs) Brown on the outside, white on the inside. Because, (laughs) you know, my mother took out loans for me to go to Catholic school here in the city. Like, full-out loans. Yeah. Like, that I just finished paying off. (laughs) Just loans everywhere. And to go to private school, Mm -hmm. uh, high school and whatnot. And so I I remember a very specific moment, and you mentioned the diaspora, um, uh, that I was actually working with the U.S. Postal Service right after Hurricane Maria. Oh, wow. uh, Because they do something called Operation Santa, which is actually not that I was planning on talking about that uh, today. But Operation Santa is over 100 years old. The post office collects letters um, from kids in needy areas, and you can go to the post office and fill those letters. Oh, wow. And act like Santa. So Hurricane Maria year, I was hell-bent on, because I had been doing it so long, participating in this program, uh, in getting the post office to send gifts to the kids of the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. That's fantastic. And it worked. That's so cool. I, I had to yell and scream and contact everybody but then all of a sudden I was doing a press circuit for them um, because and I was here for it I was like yes put me on all the televisions make me your spokesperson I will be I will be the face for this I don't care let's just make it happen whatever way we need and I got really nervous because for I have a big musical theater background and for as much as I've been on screen or on stage speaking Spanish on screen is a completely different ball game, totally. and then all of these, all of these news people in Spanish from Univision and Telemundo and everything are coming at me and fast, quick lightning, yeah. and you have to think really fast. And my friend Cedric was with me, and he grabbed me, and he goes, "You're doing great." He goes, "I need you to remember that you are a product of the diaspora, mm-hmm. right?" And that's and there's something beautiful in that. Mm-hmm. So if you have to like spanglish it out, yeah, he goes, "Do it," because 
you are who you are and you are a specific product mm -hmm. of this thing. And he goes, which is important. Mm -hmm. And there's you know? no shame in that. Yes. It's like, that's the thing to like, like it's, it is important to maybe understand the forces at work that have discouraged Latinos from passing on Spanish or learning Spanish in the States. Yeah. But I don't think like, you know what I mean? That is a, a product of like colonialism and racism over many years. That's not your fault. Right. No, we grew up, we grew up um, not answering back in Spanish because, uh, because we weren't supposed to have accents. Yeah. You know, we didn't want to have an accent. Right. My mother, yeah. my mother's white presenting too. She has blue contacts and she's very fair skinned yeah. and whatnot, but she would speak to us in Spanish and yeah. she, she speaks English very well as well yeah but still um there was no requirement to answer back in spanish mm -hmm. because you know it was like no yeah so it, i i find the pull back to the island to the heritage is more so than ever and i have like great people around me like my friend cedric who like kind of ignited that flame in me mm -hmm. to want to want that and to embrace that more and to feel how special that is and yeah. you know as opposed to like push it away for so long. Yeah, know? absolutely. Cause it's like, it is a, a product of your upbringing and your heritage and uh, you know, however that manifests, it's like, I think what's important is putting the effort into connecting to that and trying, right? It's yeah. like, I, I think we see something similar with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez where it's like, I think people were hypercritical of her at first because they were like, oh, she barely speaks Spanish. And I think she is, you know, like, with me, for example, um, I grew up with Spanish as my first language. I spoke Spanish at home. That's it until the age of five. Then you go into the public school system, and they, like, want to throw you into an ESOL class, even though I had mastery of both, because Spanish was primary. And then that became kind of like a weird sort of shame thing. And um, I, I kept taking Spanish in high school. But it is interesting because my vocabulary sort of plateaus, right? Like, I can have a very basic everyday conversation with somebody. But when it comes to talking about complex ideas surrounding queer identity or politics like i've never had to use that type of exactly. spanish right yeah. like that's not something i learned at home it is not something i pursued in college and so it is interesting because now i want to tackle these topics that do intersect with my heritage and the language that i learned first but i haven't been talking about those things in spanish right so it's like I don't know, even thinking of how to translate the word queer, how to talk about safe sex and HIV in Spanish has been trying to, it's like, it's learning a new aspect of the language. It's a new vocabulary that I never had exposure to. And, yeah. you know, it's for a number of reasons, machismo, hiding my identity, living in the States, like whatever, right? The yes. important thing is that we're putting the work into learning and trying to bridge that language gap that exists uh, among different people in our community. Yeah, that's it's so it's oh my god, it's so complicated and so layered and mm -hmm. and even the shame that came with. It's like in high school, I went to an all boys high school, all the cool kids were white yeah. and I was tormented. And they were from Rockaway. Mm -hmm. And Rockaway back in the day wasn't nice. Mm -hmm. Those like those were very poor families and those weren't like, you know, it's very trailer park the Rockaways mm -hmm. were, you know. Yeah. What I mean? And so, but <laughs> I would come home and tell my mother I'd want to be from the Rockaways mm -hmm. all the time when she would want me to dance salsa with her and this and that. And she didn't understand mm -hmm. that it was like me trying to hide my identity, you know, because I didn't want to be this thing. Yeah. Right? Plus, I was tormented and bullied and that whole thing. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it's so heavy. On, th on this, a very Puerto Rican Christmas episode. Yes, <laughs> we love, we love. <laughs> Don't worry, I've hired a patanda. They'll be here any minute, right? I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, talk to me about, like, favorite foods. Because at its essence, this podcast, yes, is a food podcast. Food podcast, But, you know, I always want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. You yes. Know? Oh, my God. And, and we have to celebrate our queer brothers and sisters, especially of color. Um, and I love that you and I just have so much in common in that aspect but let's get on to the food <laughs> let's get on to the food let's yes. get on to the food favorite christmas food hands down must have okay so this used to be a more uh christmas tradition with uh my grandmother on my dad's side who has since passed away but anytime the family came together mostly like thanksgiving um or christmas 
She would make sorullitos. Have you had those yes, sorullitos de I, maíz? I yeah. haven't had those in forever. And you eat them with mayo ketchup. So good. With mayo ketchup. That's yes. That. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heinz, you yeah. can't have that one. Heinz. No, 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 Heinz. No, ma'am. Heinz. I don't think so. <laughs> but it was such a go-to. It was like she would just make plates and plates and plates of it. You know what I mean? Like while the turkey was in the oven. We need to explain to the kids out there what sorullitos are. Yeah. But they're like these like cigar-shaped corn-fried things it's almost yeah. like fried cornbread yeah kind of you basically make um like, I, I don't know the sort dough. of like cornmeal dough. doughish type thing and then they get fried and you fry it um and she would put cheese in the middle so she would like lay them flat put cheese and then roll them yeah. um and so they come out looking kind of like little fried witch's fingers um and they taste so good yeah, they're it's amazing just fried corn yeah it's like that's like true i don't know you know what i mean it's that because so much puerto rican food is fried too you know what i mean yeah. it's like i feel like you think of comida criolla and so much of it is like, you know, like fried things or like things thrown into rice and like cooked in like this, you know, it's, I don't know. Everything has meat. Yeah, of course. Uh, Absolutely. A go-to. It is really funny because I was, so I was actually online today and I was responding to one of my friends, uh, Julio Ricardo Varela. He's a co-host of Latino USA. And he had tweeted, he was like, I don't do coquito. I'd rather just drink the rum. I've tried. I can't handle it. And then everybody, like, you know, a bunch of other Puerto Ricans were like, oh, my God, how could you? Natalia Rodmed, who um, used to write for um, Latino Rebels and is um, going to Columbia J School right now. Andrea Gonzalez, who covered um, some great stuff uh, through Refinery29 about, like, violence against women in Puerto Rico and the response to Hurricane Maria. Like, all these journalists being like, okay, well, I'm dragging it for Coquito, but – and then I think Natalia was like, I don't like aguacate. I don't like – she's like, I like guac, (laughs) but I do not like avocados. And then she was like, what is your secret? And then I told them that I don't like maduros, amarillitos. I was, that was one of the questions. Yeah. Are you a tostones or a maduros? Uh, honey, I am tostones All through and way. through. I need savory plantains. Yes. If you let them get overripe and you're cutting that shit up and you're frying it, I'm getting these sweet, like, like mushy. I can't do that. So uh, out there, folks, because we just have to overexplain to the audience. Please, no, let's. And let's. the 70 people that live in China that listen. Yes, I love. <laughs> right? So tostones are fried plantains, mm-hmm. right? They're twice fried, mm-hmm. right? You fry them once, you smash them, you fry them again. You, and they taste like potato chips. They're delicious. Yeah, they're right? amazing. Amazing. Maduros are sweet fried plantains. Mm-hmm. Um, also good, but not as good, in my opinion, either. And they're like the thing. Okay, so the thing with to- to- tostones is that you kind of like flatten them. Mm-hmm. And they come out like kind of like almost like, you know, like a little flat chip. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not f- like a chip itself, but they're they're flat. With maduros, I feel like they come in like, I don't know, these weird little chunks that um, kind of have the consistency of like jello. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's good. M- maybe, but, and but they're like really a, sweet. But then you eat them with ketchup. Yeah, it's very strange. It's I very, don't like the mix strange. of savory and sweet. <laughs> Maybe Jello is like making them seem a little too jiggly. I don't know. It's it is not my jam. And then finally, Andrea Gonzalez posted on that thread. She goes, "Not every meal needs to come with arroz." And I was like, "Damn, that's the one that would shake my grandmother to her core." Oh no, no, I love rice. I have a Everything love affair. With rice. I yeah. have a love affair with rice. Do you do pegao? Did you do that in your house? Yes, yeah. and I didn't like it. Really, you I didn't, didn't like pegao? No. I go, oh my god, that may be that that may be my one thing. That's your thing, because I go out of my way to make pegao every time I make rice. Oh my so, god! So pegao for you out there is the burnt rice on the bottom when you make rice, and so uh, it went in paella. It's called socorat, um, and it's just burnt crispy rice, but it doesn't taste burnt. It doesn't. The idea is to not burn it; like it shouldn't come out black. It should be a dark brown, maybe with a few like blackish spots. Yeah. But the idea is that it comes out crispy, and I think this is a, a culinary phenomenon across several cultures, as you mentioned. I remember, I think Samin Nostrat mentioned it in her Netflix special as well that her mom used to make like a kind of crispy rice, and I was yeah. like, "That's bagel," but and, like it um, caught something else. Uh, Chrissy Teigen too was talking <gasps> about it not I, that long ago. I love her. As well. oh, yeah, I but, do yeah. love her. Bagel is just—it's a go-to. Um, you know, I've tried different methods. I've tried putting a little extra oil on the pan, or, you know, in the pan at the bottom. I've tried putting butter in before I throw everything in. Butter? Blasphemy. I know. Well, Blasphemy. just like a little tiny layer at the bottom so that it really, you know what I mean? Blasphemy. Well, because it takes a while, <laughs> you know? you got to be very careful with the heat. I you don't want to overcook the rice, but you want to make sure the bottom gets crispy efficiently. So I was like, all right, what are some elements I can introduce to, like, get that bottom cooking and, and staying nice and crisp? 
Um, uh, but yeah, listen, because that's how we like our bottoms. Nice, hey, and nice crisp. and crisp. <laughs> Get a little crackle on that bottom. Want to hear that snap? Yes. And with that, I think right now is a good time to introduce Gabe to my favorite part and your favorite part of the pod, y'all. Because <laughs> I'm here for this big out conversation. We'll be back to it. But now's the best time for food news. Update! Food news. Uh, Food news. Oh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News. Update. Kadoba is selling a queso-scented candle that's a great stocking stuffer for the cheese lover in your life. You should see Gabe's face. I'm sorry, I didn't know if I could interrupt that headline, (laughs) but it is. That's the most disgusting Caucasian thing I've ever heard of. That is truly horrific. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you, Delish.com, where I get all my food news. Um, That's one of my goals. I want to be a food news anchor. Oh, my God. I would love that. Honestly, I would love to watch a food news program. That'd be so dope. That's it. All all your... Yeah. Right? Me with my glasses. Boom, boom, boom. Of course. (laughs) And then you got to bring the queso candle in to try. You know what I mean? God damn, yes. that's horrific. So the candle is inspired by Qdoba's signature three cheese creamy queso. God, Qdoba too. It's like not even. Oh, their queso is so bad. Oh my god, okay. is it? I don't. I don't think I've ever had Qdoba. I thought it was Qdoba. Oh uh, well, I you know I've tomato been, tomato. I went to it once. There was one in Chicago I went to, and there was one in Florida I went to, and you know I've only ever gone with Gringos, so they're always like Qdoba, and I was like, all right, let's hit the Qdoba. All right, great. Um, but their queso truly is the most watery, disgusting. Uh, it's a little too creamy. Yeah, it's like it's... airing a little too heavily on the creamy side. I wouldn't know, but I mean, oh, I'm sad I do. Yeah, yeah I mean. What more is there to say about this? These candles are on sale for a limited time and only cost $10 from Qdoba's website. Qdoba's not a sponsor. No, thankfully. But, yeah, but yeah. I take their money <laughs> if they want it. I was like, damn, yeah, I'll retract everything if you want to take that Qdoba money. But... Wait, but what if you walked into someone's house, like someone's apartment? Like, let's say, let's say you were going to hook up with somebody and they like lit the candles and it was like queso. I'm like to think I would have better judgment than that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I could like smell a queso candle owner before I ever got to their home. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you work for Scruff. Hold on a second. Not because we're talking about hooking up. You work for Scruff. Do you use the app? Are you single? Um, So I do use the app but I have a boyfriend. Um, And so it's like very interesting to sort of use the app mostly for work it's yeah. very funny but you know like i love being flirty i love talking to people on there i think Seeing it's a lot of fun pics. yeah my boyfriend lives far away too and so it's like you know it's he has uh i encourage him to download scruff to watch a show which i thought was really cute yeah um but like honestly i've been i think even if i weren't dating somebody right now i would be pretty like sexually dormant like it's i don't know i've thrown myself into work so much and it's like I don't know. Who has the time? You know? Yeah. You do, know. Eight, you do 8 million things, and then the next thing you need to for do sure. is sit on an app for an hour to I try to... I know, right? I'm like, you could use your you time. Uh, I don't know. Not that I don't do it. But <laughs> yeah. Well, no, truly, I think it's like, it's an ebb and flow, right? You have to find like it a is. healthy balance. It is. Um, but I don't know. It's cute. It's it's really fun. I like seeing some of the changes that are happening at Scruff. Yeah. I like doing the quiz show. It's really great to hear feedback Listen, about the quiz show. they pay the bills, honey. They keep yeah. the lights on. Honestly, but yeah. um, that's what I was getting at, though. You, you're on Scruff. And it's like, bloop, or whatever sound. Yeah, no, yeah. I was like, that's the grinder sound, honey. No, um, yeah. Or it goes bup, bup, bup. I yeah. don't even know. Um, and you you walk into someone's house and they have these like Qdoba candles lit. Oh my like, God, never. And they're just ready, like naked in the bed. If Joy. ever there were a deal breaker, <laughs> dear audience, please know that if you walk into someone's home and they have a Qdoba candle, you should not feel bad about leaving. <laughs> you should not. Empower yourself. Brewery forced to drop reindeer orgy beer labels after anonymous Scrooge snitches. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, okay, we need to unpack that because that headline has so many layers that are. So, um, 
This is about the Sycamore Brewing Company, right? Okay. Um, and they started teasing their release of its annual Christmas cookie winter ale. Love it's it. beer that tastes like Christmas cookies. Sure. Oh. Who, who wouldn't love it? I can't tell if that's better or worse <laughs> than the queso candle. Oh, my God. And so they have this lovely can that's blue, and it has like a maple leaf on it, and it's very Christmassy. And in the background are these little pixelated reindeer fucking. In all different positions. Okay, it's a drink for adults. You got to be twenty-one plus. So what's the problem? Exactly. Um, so people were all about it until somebody ratted them out, and the um, the alcohol law enforcement had to get involved. I didn't even know that this. I'm was I'm sorry. A thing. Can we also talk about how that acronym is ALE? Alcohol yeah, law enforcement. That is so cruel. Oh my god. I love they it. had to go uh, approach them and have a very serious conversation about illustrated reindeer sucking each other off. Why? <laughs> what, who made? Who passed a law that said you can't have reindeer orgies on your beer? Yes, it's apparently there's a rule uh, prohibiting obscene material on like cans. Are and you things. fucking kidding me? Yes, and they're gonna have to pay out like five hundred to a thousand dollar fine. That is absolutely preposterous that right? is so ridiculous so they're in their statement they say we're in a moment in our country where the president is up for impeachment there are school shootings there's all this horrible stuff going on and you know seven and a half percent beer that tastes like cookies with pixelated reindeer that's a nice reprieve i think <laughs> said, said sycamore co-owner justin bringham all right honey well that was a reach like i was like there are school shootings let my beer be i was like we have enough you know what i mean like there's enough attention for all these issues i was look i don't side with ale the alcohol law enforcement by any means um, the though, can so, is yeah. really cute. Um, oh, it, but I, I have to show it to you because yeah. right I can't turn no, 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 it around right yeah. now. But the can is really cute. There's like a, a, a Rudolph is getting it doggy style, and one's doing reverse cowboy. It's it's really really great. Are you looking it up? I am. I go <laughs> I googled reindeer orgy beer, and we'll see if that works. Um, so. That'll be in my autocomplete from now on. <laughs> well, Sycamore Brewing Company, I wish you the best of luck. And just so you know, Gabe Gonzalez and I are on your side. I support. Olive Garden released a Yule Log style video of their new oven baked pastas. Is the pasta burning <laughs> in the fire? Wait, what? So it's just burning pasta. So basically. Everyone out there, you know that Netflix Yule Log video that runs for forever. You can put it on and it either crackles or it'll play Christmas music for you. Well, Olive Garden, the brilliant people at Olive Garden, decided to make a similar video that runs for eight hours of just their pastas baking in an <gasps> oven. Oh. I love that. Are you kidding? I would love to watch your pasta bake. Could you imagine walking over, walking into someone's house for their Christmas party and on their television, that's what they have is just a video of like just pasta baking in the oven in the background. Wait, I can't believe it's actually eight hours and up on YouTube. Yeah. Wait, eight hours is, and 30 seconds. That's like, that's bleak though. That is <laughs> so bleak. Does the pasta change? Does it like rise? I, I, I haven't. I think it just bubbles and cracks. Honey, I'm not seeing any change here. I'm at no. an hour 39, and this pasta looks exactly the same. I am a disappointed Olive Garden. Look, they are all beautiful, cheesy masterpieces uh, that this video shows off. The new smoked mozzarella shrimp rigatoni and the Asiago tornellini Alfredo with grilled chicken sit next to each other on what appears to be a grill, while the soothing sound of burning coals and bubbling cheese can be heard the whole time. I will be fair, it is bubbling. Yeah. It is bubbling, but I'm not. I'm not seeing the coloration change on the outside. This is kind of like ASMR. I feel or it like is. mukbang. Yeah. Oh my god. Right. Honestly, I would rather watch someone try to eat this dish for eight hours. That would be much more fun. Give me a proper mukbang, like yeah. a giant, like a giant family-sized portion of this. There's nothing better than a proper mukbang. Yeah. Have you? Are you into mukbang? It is not my jam. I'm going to be honest. I don't like the sounds of people eating. I think it's disgusting. No. There's I this woman like with ASMR. really long fingernails that all she eats is like shrimp and lobster ugh, and crap. Ugh, and ugh. she's just like, it's all over her. Oh, I can't do that. I saw someone watching it on the train. Yeah. Oh I was my like, God. this is what you watch on the train to work? That, uh, okay, honey, <laughs> if I can pause my porn consumption. Well, you know what? It's not really sexual, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. You know what I'm saying? No, like if mukbang is your it. thing. 
people get off to there it. There is a weird sexual component to it, isn't yeah. there? It's so strange. And people have like ASMR boyfriends, and Aww. that's a whole nother episode too. Yeah. Like we, d- <laughs> I did a. Uh, ASMR episode like that's like episode 15 or something I'm just too loud for it I don't think I, I would forget that I was doing ASMR and just start screaming it, yeah <laughs> fully that's the Puerto Rican well, I think Puerto Rican ASMR is just speaking at an indoor volume you know what I mean like that's Puerto Rican ASMR you think yeah <laughs> I'm giving you Puerto Rican ASMR right now okay I could be louder this is my whisper Oh, my God. Well, Olive Garden, we wish you the best of luck with these new pastas. And with that, I think this is a great way to end. Food news update. We, we do the, only the most important investigative reporting here, Casey Truly. Salas, Truly. You know, <laughs> put that on your mic.com. <laughs> Somebody call Cronkite. We've got another gay journalist on our hands. All right, watch out. I'm coming for your gift. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So back to this food. Yeah. Do you cook a lot? I I do, but it's interesting. I don't really cook classic Puerto Rican food. I have elements that uh, are, you know, I was raised with. Like adobo is what I used Staple. to season everything. I have a pilong in my um, mm-hmm. kitchen. I do like to make mofongo from scratch. I like yes. really enjoy doing that. Yes. That's really it's hard, but it's so much Such fun. Such a pain in the ass. Yeah, I'll do um, biste y pollo empanado. So like kind of like a breaded yeah. chicken or steak kind of deal. I don't. I'm not very partial to yellow rice. Sometimes if I want to feel like I'm at home, but I was always a, a white rice uh, kind of person at home. Yeah. But it's interesting. Like for example, if like I'm doing like. You know, a meal that I want leftovers for, what I might do is, like, white rice, uh, black beans, um, I don't know, maybe, like, peas and carrots or broccoli. I know. That's the other thing. It's, like, very strange because it's, like, black beans are not Puerto Rican Rican at all. It's, like, red beans and yellow rice was the, like, staple growing up. pigeon peas. Yeah, pigeon peas because it's, like, arroz con gandule was also that. It was those – that's it. Those were the only two things I, I was exposed to. And I think um, – I don't know. I have a very boring palate for Puerto Rican, I want to be honest. Like I don't like things um, – you know, they have a little too much uh, kick to them, I guess. And I've always found black beans to be a little more laid back. You know what I mean? Oh. Oh. I, I'm, I am the most boring um, person in terms of like flavor profiles. Like just give me like chicken, rice, black beans, some veggies in there. Um, the well-seasoned chicken, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I mean... uh, yeah. You'd be a terrible Puerto Rican if you didn't know how to season. Oh, my God. Truly, (laughs) truly, truly. My friend Jennifer called me the other day, and she goes, I was thinking of you, and I oversalted the chicken. Yeah. She goes, I I, I didn't want bland chicken. Yeah, of course not. Are you kidding? No, 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 no. I have been there, though. I have oversalted. She she literally goes, she goes, I didn't want that tasteless white people chicken. Absolutely not. It's a sin. It's a cardinal sin. Shout out to you, Jennifer, because I know you're listening. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, it's because I don't eat like that anymore mm-hmm. that I don't make it. Yeah. And I I am feeling like almost like FOMO. I don't even know to call it FOMO or something that I don't know. I don't have those recipes under my belt. Sure. Like I have a ton of other recipes because I do cook a lot. Um that they're going to be lost once my mom yeah. is gone, you know? Because yeah. my mom was a single mom, so she would make – my mother makes the best motherfucking rice yeah. because that white – white rice, so simple. Yeah. But you can pick up each grain, and it tastes like a meal. Mm-hmm. How does she do it? But Because she was doing it every day, yeah. you know? Like, well, that's the thing. It's, it's like the kind thing. of tricks that – well, that's what's so interesting. It's like I feel like once you have the basic grasp of yeah. the elements, you can know how to combine them, but everyone's always comes out different. And what I've noticed is that as things are passed on – Every person changes a su gusto, you know what I mean? The way they like it. And so I kind of love that. Like there is a difference between my grandma, my mom, and my aunt's cooking, right? And like I love all of them, but they're definitely different. There are dishes where I'm like, I'm going to ask her to make this one. You know what I mean? Like it's like that that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, it's it's. I think there is no wrong way, right? But there is a sort of like desire to preserve 
uh, the way it's been done before or to sort of understand that uh, yeah, before, even, yeah. Even the Rikau and like all of that stuff because my mother makes that in big batches oh and, gosh, then, yeah. and then you freeze it and yeah. then you have it forever. Oh my God, of course. And like yeah. a Cracker Barrel tub or something like yeah. that. Cracker Barrel butter tub. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Or Crunchy co- uh, cr- I, Why can't I speak today? Country cr- uh, cock. Country crock. Yeah. Country cock. <laughs> no, that's what it was. Not Cracker Barrel. It was country crock. Cock, exactly. I just, you know, I get all these Caucasian brands confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, so funny. It's just, yeah, and I don't want that lost. And, you know, um, much like the Coquito and Pasteles. Are you a big Pasteles person? I am not a big Pasteles person. I just did not. You know what I mean? I didn't really. I don't like the consistency of it. Really? It's kind of a running theme with me. It's like, I don't like Pasteles. I don't like Maduros or Amarillitos. Because they're, they're squishy. Yeah, I don't like that squishy vibe. So uh, out yeah. there, Pasteles are Puerto Rico's answer to tamales is what I say. Pretty much, yeah. Except mm-hmm. for as tamales use corn masa on the outside. Uh, the Puerto Ricans are using root vegetables and plantains, yep. like so yucca and very, very American yucca. I Juca, know, yucca, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, platanos and all of that um, as the base. And so it comes out looking like a big rectangular poop. Honestly, <laughs> it does. Legit. And it's like sometimes they wrap it in, a, you know, in the, a banana leaf. leaf. Yeah, and then you open it up and then it comes out looking. It's a tasty little turd, it but it, it truly looks like a goddamn motherfucking turd. And yeah. I can't. Rectangular. I, I hate it. And you put pique. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like blood on a poop. You know yeah. what I mean? It oh, was yeah. deeply traumatizing. <laughs> and then but if you really delicious. want blood poop, you can have more silla and you'll yeah. be fine. You know, it'll be. Oh my yeah. God. I don't. Can you eat that? I can't eat that. I Blood sausage. Actually. Really like no. my grandfather <laughs> growing up loved it, and he would mix it in with rice and chicken sometimes. Like he would just make three different types of meats and rice, and you could serve yourself. And I would I would always put more sija in with everything. No, one day on I was little, and I would on my grandfather had a farm, and I'd go down and feed the pig, the one pig every day, feed him mangoes and whatever else was out there. One day they sat me on the hill and they tied the pig's leg to the tree. And two men and two women, women with the bowls, yeah, right. And they stabbed the pig's neck, right? Stabbed the pig in the neck, and, and they killed because that's what you do. You're, yeah, yeah, you're on a farm. Um, and I watched this whole thing happen. It was oh, a life lesson. My God. And uh, the women collected all the blood to make morcia. Right. And yeah. we had we had they used the intestines. Every none, no part of the pig of goes course. to waste. Not one ounce. When I found out what morcia was, because I. Fully believe I ate this for years without asking. Oh, I was like, no. "This is great." When I found out what the fuck it was, I lost my shit. In any in any form, yeah. uh, black pudding, morcilla, any sort of blood sausage, I cannot. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Do you celebrate Three Kings Day? We did in my home every year. My mom still we calls me. It. Oh my god, it was huge in my home. It was major. And then there was one Christmas. It was so funny. There was one Christmas we're in. Um, we were in Puerto Rico, and the big mall there, Plaza Las Americas, uh, has a Payless in it. And Payless in Puerto Rico used to give out shoeboxes, like, themed after the Three Kings Day. with like, the stories of the Three Kings for the holiday. Are you familiar with the whole tradition? Yeah. Yeah, you leave the grass in the shoebox under your bed or at the front door or, like, wherever – and then you wake up the next morning and the camels have eaten the grass and the three wise men or the three kings, los reyes magos, as you say in Spanish, leave you a gift, right? For us, it was always like – it was always like the chance for our parents to get us those extra things that like yeah. they forgot about or were too expensive. So it was like I would get a Game Boy for Christmas and no game. And then three kings day, I would get the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was always like it was like a delayed <laughs> – um, and then sometimes I would get like, but you always got three little gifts, right? And they were uh, smaller in scale and obviously a little less ambitious than Christmas because it's like, goddamn, like, how are you bu- going to buy that many yeah. gifts? Um, but it was all, I always looked forward to it. And my, my, oh my God, my classmates were so jealous because I, I would just get more gifts in January and we'd come back and I'd be like, I got more gifts. Yeah, my like, niece and nephew, my brother uh, celebrates it with my niece and nephew now, um, which I love, but we never celebrated it growing up. Puerto Rico has like the longest Christmas. In the oh world. my god, truly, fully believe that people clock out after Thanksgiving and do not 
come Shut back up. to work <laughs> until the Los Reyes is over. So my birthday is January fifth, and the story goes because I was born eight minutes to eight in the evening that my grandfather was yelling at my mother to hold hold in so I could be born on Three Kings Day. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. That's so wild. But no, that didn't happen. No, no, no. That's not and right, I was yeah. always chipped, always yeah. chipped, like Christmas and birthday. Yeah, always oh. together. Oh my god, are you serious? Yep. People would just get you both. Yeah, that's miserable. Yes. I hate that. And my niece was born on the first she's a new year's baby but they were gonna induce on the fifth and i said no i I already don't have a birthday yeah and she's not gonna have a birthday either so let us not have a birthday separately yeah let her (laughs) let her stew for a little longer right (laughs) keep her in the oven no but she came out on the first Oh my god, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so um, fun reminiscing kids, about this stuff. Let the kids know where they can find you, um, any shows coming up, all the things. Yeah. Know? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, so you can find me online on Twitter or Instagram using the handle GayBones, <laughs> G-A-Y-B-O-N-E-Z. Um, I have a show coming up January 3rd, I believe. It's called Open Flame. It's happening at Union Hall. Um, yes, Union Hall. Yeah, I love it. They I also have bocce yeah. ball there, don't they? They do. It's the funniest yes. thing. They have a comedy theater downstairs and bocce ball upstairs. Yes. It's uh, an amazing vibe. They do some really cool shows there. Um, I'm not hosting it. I'm a guest, but Open Flame is a lovely uh, show that What'd usually has me? queer comedians. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a monthly show uh, at Caveat called The Nerds and the Bees. It's about uh, sort of online dating and um, how online dating apps seek to shape our behavior and change uh, the way we interact with each other. So I have this like wildly um, brilliant co-host named Steve Dean who is like so shy but such uh, an expert on dating. He's worked as a dating consultant. And the things he told me about the way dating apps work are wild. It's so much fun. That's a theme for a different podcast. But that's what I am up to right now, and that's what I'm doing. Um, So, yeah, find me online. See me live in New York. um, And then catch me on Christmas just stuffing my face in my grandma's kitchen. Yes, I love that. I love that. Wait a minute. Before we go, before I exit out here, you used to edit porn. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first job out of college. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, it was wild. Merry Christmas, indeed. I know. <laughs> it is how I paid for my first plane ticket home after moving to New York. Um, it was a wild how gig. How did that even happen? Oh, honey, we're going to need another 45 minutes. I know. We're going to need another hour. I yeah. love that. Uh, Antonio Biaggi or Rick York? Actually, fully met Antonio Biaggi on set. He is Puerto Rican. Yes. We immediately bonded over that because everybody else on set was like a white English-speaking full Caucasian gringo. Yes. And he is the biggest sweetheart. We actually ended up talking about food and um, going back home for Christmas. It was so much fun. Yeah. I say, oh, so I say if I was ever going to pay for sex, it would uh-huh. be with Antonio Biaggi. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, right? You should let him know. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Antonio Biaggi. Yeah. Right? He used to have a blog. I remember. Right? Mm -hmm. It was interesting to say. Oh, my God. (laughs) Blogs were happening. You know, blogs happen. I still kind of have a blog out there. Who doesn't? Um, Yeah. Listen, I used to be a very important blogger in in 2010. Yes, Live Journal. (laughs) Yes. No, it was Blogspot. Oh, yeah. At that point, it was like Blogspot. Tumblr was kind of like a blog slash artwork Mm, posting. Well, it wasn't really blogging. It was more just like a... Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't remember if Tumblr was around when I started. I just remember the early. big things when I got into college were um were those two sites. It was like Tumblr and Blogspot, check out both. Yeah. What dark yeah. times we live in. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little I'm a little older than you. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, the face is still young. The face still Keep it fresh, yeah. honey. She's still fresh. Listen, I want to thank you so much for coming. Oh, this thank is you so for much fun me. and just so so like great to relate to somebody, um, albeit a stranger, right? Uh, but like that, I have so much in common with, and so and likewise, many, so yeah. many like you know things about our heritage, and to come together as you know queer Latinx, whatever you want to call it, yeah, whatever you word know? you want, yeah, right. <laughs> um, just in that way, I think it's really, really special. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank no, I appreciate indeed. it. It's been a blast. I've had so much fun. Um, you all out there, I hope you're getting your Christmas shopping done um, or doing what you do, your Hanukkah, 
lighting your candles. Is it Hanukkah yet? I don't even know. Actually, I do think uh, Hanukkah may have just started, and it does overlap with Christmas a little bit, so it's going to be fun, yeah. Well, whatever you do, I hope you're getting it done and you're not stressing out like I am. And with that, I want to thank you all out there for always listening to In Yo Mouth. Yeah.